I got a challenge for you guys today. I'm thinking, I'm not thinking, but um, we're going to talk about, um, okay, I am thinking too, but, um. <laughs> but we're going to talk about trying to think back to like the time before you ever even used a headphone or any audio device before and like what stages of you go through or what kind of things you go through as you get your first headphone or whatever speakers but let's go with headphones because that's what we do right and then like and then the stages you go through like the learning curves and all that and just step through you know it's a thing. little bit different now than it was back when i started you know 40 50 60 years ago mm-hmm. and back in my day everything had a headphone jack um so it was a little different and it was incredibly obvious that you could just take a headphone and plug it in because I've never come across something as a consumer that you plugged in and it didn't work. So I remember going on HeadFi back in like 07, 08 or whenever it was. And people were talking about, uh, it was like a new tech or icon or something new. It was like an $80, $90 DAC amp dongly thingamajig, right? A little box, volume knob. And um, people were saying, wow, this is the greatest. It so massively improves the audio output of your laptop. And I was a little sus because I'm thinking, well, what do you mean, right? I didn't quite get at that time that there really could be that big of a difference because I, I never considered the fact that the electronics would have an appreciable impact. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you, you could see that too, right? You you hear the music. It's working. It's playing. Yeah, right. Yeah, what's <laughs> the, the difference? It's loud enough. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing for me. I think people were saying that, and this was before I had really a high-end headphone, but I didn't really get it. I was kind of questioning it. Uh, I ended up getting one anyways, and, well, it actually didn't do anything for me. <laughs> it wasn't any better than the, the output, noticeably to me, yeah. at least for the MacBook. But I just had... Um, well, that's a shame, too, because chances are whatever you got was, you know, what you probably could have done better, or probably. how would you look at it? A couple number of different angles. It was a waste but, of money, kind yeah, of, for right, me, because it provided nothing. You already had something that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It was an extra box. And you, didn't, and you didn't even know it, right? I mean, your right. laptop probably was doing a pretty good job. It was fine for the headphone, yeah. but they weren't stellar headphones. I believe they were... Sennheiser PXC 250 or something like that. And they weren't exactly spectacular. They were on-ear, noise-canceling, a couple hundred bucks or something like that, which was a lot for me at the time. But um, looking back, of course, you could see all the the faults and flaws with that methodology. Um, Yeah, right. It's so much more complicated than you initially expect. Getting into it, you think, oh, I get good headphones and I'm all set. And I think a lot of people think that way. Well, I think people usually start everything at the same level, though. Say if you're like iPod or portable CD player, whatever you had, and uh, your headphones were about equivalent performance level to the device, you know? You didn't have like a massive $1,000 headphone with an iPod or anything, you know? So you usually think, well, this works, so why do I need to go past this, you know? I think that is the biggest thing. As a consumer, usually you have a pretty balanced system starting out because everything's pretty much cheap. Uh, it's very rare to have one thing that you spent $4,000 on, this DAC amp thing that's just the greatest, and still running $50 headphones. So usually everything you have is mated pretty well and matched pretty well. And it, if through your lifetime you never really notice that there could be differences, because everything's always more or less been the same level, um, you might not even consider that this amp could improve the DAC could improve or a headphone could make such a big difference. But as you move up, you, you come to realize things do indeed matter. And I think looking back at like a broad picture, going from 
really early days to now, obviously, pretty deep in the headphone industry. Yeah, we're a bit spoiled, so to speak. Mm. You look at the changes, and I think the biggest ones, the standouts, are things that you thought were crazy expensive and have no value. You could see the value to someone, even if I don't personally value it. I could see why someone would spend $1,000 on something that I think is stupid. Because there's, there's always a use case and a reason for it existing, usually. Um, someone always values this device in some way. And you could usually kind of find value in things if you're looking for it. And I guess the question is, should you look? Does it matter to you? Do you how do you find out what you care about, what you value, what is going to actually produce a desirable result? Because I think people kind of, they seem to start out with like a, decent headphone, what they consider to be a nice headphone, a few hundred bucks, they plug it into their laptop, their phone or whatever. And they think, I'm all set. I'm happy. And they are for a time. But then things happen. So they, it's, it's a something. discovery thing too. Uh, that's how it was in my first headphone. I got uh, the first high-end thing. Well, I say high. The first nice headphone I got was an HD650. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, pretty decent. I had it plugged up to a mixer and then a recording interface and all that. And I had no idea what it could sound like. And I was, you know, messing with different recordings. And I thought, oh, you know what? I can actually hear more in my recording now than I used to on my old monitor headphones. And the first time I really tried it on an amp, uh, one of my friends actually brought an amp over. It was a real, it was cheap, like a like $100 amp. And I thought, wow, this is not what my headphones sound like. This is totally different. And it was enough of a difference that I thought, well, I have to get one of these things. And I couldn't find a, a nice amp that I could afford at the time and just ordered a bunch of parts online and built a little like IRF 510 12AU7 tube amp. Um, and I found apparently a lot of people were doing that at the time with that same headphone because you could build those amps for, you know, $40. It was an easy DIY way to get into it. But I remember discovering amps, and I think that's kind of what kicked off that whole next stage. For me, it was a little different order, but similar enough things happened. I kind of sort of considered the possibility of getting into headphones because I had time, I had free time at college, and I wanted to improve what I had because I just wasn't happy with it. Uh, I was just plugging, you know, PXC250 Sennheisers or whatever they were into my MacBook at the time, and I wanted better sound, right? I didn't know how to do it, so I was looking for suggestions in the community. And some people were saying you could do this little DIY amp thing. Other people were saying that there's issues with that or to noobs it maybe doesn't make sense or just buy this thing. Um, I think community is a big part of that. Because, like, you think about it, that's probably where a lot of, like, your growth as an audiophile came from. It's probably where a lot of my growth as an audiophile came from was being involved in a community in some extent because you're getting all these different opinions and people saying, oh, try this thing, try that thing, this thing will make it sound good, whatever. Well, yeah, you're talking to people with real-world experience in the same situation you're in, you know. Yeah, you can, really, you can relate to it. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. That's probably the biggest deal, though, actually experiencing it. And it's unfortunate that it is quite difficult and growing so now in the current times. It's very difficult to really try everything. Uh, that would be the ideal solution, but it's just so incredibly impractical. And sometimes a, a few-minute audition in a loud show environment doesn't provide you much unless you're very knowledgeable already. It tends to be where you can hear most of the stuff, though, even though it's a poor, it tends to be not the best. It's better than nothing, yeah. for sure. I mean, I think a lot of people can narrow it down at a show. I mean, you really can. I mean, you kind of, because you get the touchy-feely everything, too. Get the turn the knobs, mm -hmm. you know, you get the plug in your music. And I mean, local dealers can do that, too, but you, you, those tend to be far and few between. 
And not very that the, few not that the really shows are nearby anybody either. But yeah, that's you know. Hopefully that'll grow. That you know you'll see more and more of the traditional two-channel dealers coming on board with headphone gear and stuff like that. Which, if they haven't done it already, we're way behind the times. Mm. <laughs> you know, it should have already happened. I mean, it's part of this. It's part of audio. Uh, heavy now. Yeah, I, I, it just reminded me of when I first started with headphones. Uh, like an at-home audition was like the best thing. Like, because I had uh, my floor-standing speakers. I still have the same speakers. Yeah, you and now. me come from a speaker world. Yeah, so, so I, I would always listen to them, and I just had a receiver, and I I bought uh, my first well not high-end but you know higher-end headphones, the uh, SR60s, and I plugged them in the receiver, and I'm like I could hear more than I can with my speakers with these headphones. So that's when I first started realizing I was like oh you know. Even with the same equipment I have, you know, yeah. you can get more information out of it. That's pretty cool. I mean, that, and that's that's true too. Yeah. I mean, it's a much more intimate experience. You're, yeah. Now all of a sudden, the speakers are right next to your ears. <laughs> it's very different. Well, yeah. Than speakers in a room, you know. I do remember when you got your SR60s, and I suppose that probably was my first sort of high-end audiophile type headphone. And at the time, that was. Actually, although it was very affordable, it was kind of higher up the rungs than it would be today, yeah. right? You didn't have the ultimate high end that you d you do now. Back we, in those days, you should mention these are Grottos. I don't know if you said mm. the name, but they're Grottos. Right. Which they probably don't make those in, that model anymore. No, but, uh, they've they've like you know, updated them two times yeah. since then. They but were very affordable. But like I think a lot of people start with those because they're you know they're kind of made in the U.S., which is nice. And, uh, and I mean, it's not they're not they don't make expensive, real expensive stuff. They do have yeah. one upper end model, but for the most part, I think people know them for their lower end. Well, it was nice because, yeah, I remember I went to our local dealer speaker shop and I, I tried like the, the bottom three models. And I'm like, I can't really tell much of a difference. So I just got the cheapest ones. <laughs> yeah. Right. Actually, I had a set of those. The uh, generation after that, the SR80E, um, that was one of the first ones I ended up with also. And yeah, those were like, you know, decent for what it was like, what, 70, 60 yeah. bucks, something like that. Yep. Yeah. Mine are fell apart now. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do yeah, they're they're not 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 recoverable. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, didn't you tear those apart too and rewire them and stuff? Yeah, too? they've been modified. We but, put some yeah. JPS wires yeah. on that stuff and say, wow, that actually makes a difference. The cable on this because yeah. we never played around with. Oh, just we're going back a number of years, but we never played with like headphones like that where you could actually take a a relatively average driver mm -hmm. and throw some different cables on there and actually notice it. It's like you know relative to what they were using stock i suppose for me now that i think back the discovery element was probably the most profound for me so i would assume it would be very helpful for other people as well but it is very difficult sometimes to have those experiences because i recall i think it was you you first rewired your speakers and at the time i was thinking well what's that gonna do you know you, maybe you could do a little bit nicer job than what they do from the factory because they use like little crimp on push fittings and they have 300 million feet long wire and stuff like that they don't have everything perfectly optimized from the factory because of the difficulty to install well not only that it takes a bit of time to do this like it's a lot you're, of time if you're yeah. opening an existing speaker and pulling yeah. out the old wire and then putting soldering in new it's like three hours a speaker but i'm yeah, talking about like a three-way speaker right. with crossover <laughs> yeah. it so takes the, a long time the manufacturer of course designs things so it's manufacturable and reliable not necessarily so it's the best performance you could get because um, it's usually just impractical to do when it's not cost effective well, in fact but, didn't you didn't you do like one speaker at a time because it took so long yep so now you had one speaker with upgraded wiring our our conductors mm -hmm. and then you had one stock and yep. then, didn't you? I remember you telling me it was like a big imbalance now between yeah. the left right. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. Yeah. That was it, he, it makes it so noticeable. He rewired them, right? And he only did one because yeah. it took a while. And inevitably, he hooked it up and tried it. 
And I don't think he was really even looking necessarily for a huge difference there, but he didn't know. tell me which one he rewired, and I wasn't paying attention, so I didn't know which one he rewired, but he called me in and I heard it, right? So he had two speakers, one that was rewired, one that wasn't. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily that one sounded way better than the other. I think, especially with that massive imbalance, um, it's very hard to tell which one sounded yeah, better. What was going on? Yeah. What was yeah. happening? Yeah. But yeah, it's it was like shocking. A speaker being out of phase or something. It was totally yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it right. literally sounded like one was broken, like one the woofer was disconnected or one yeah. was out of phase. But you could see the drivers moving. It was it was working, and you put your ear next to it and it sounded fine. You put your ear next to the other one, it sounded fine. But the image was totally different. Yeah, it messes with your brain. Totally different. It was shocking. People yeah. really should. Um, I don't know if anybody ever doing that. that but it's surprising. Yeah, it's it's that's a task. That'll right teach there. you what wire yeah. does. It's true, in some too. situations. Yeah, but well, it's a, that's a project. That's yeah. The thing. Uh, yeah, I wasn't really expecting a huge difference, yeah. so I didn't really come in with like high expectations or anything. But in the end, I'm like, well, now I have to get on rewire the other one, you know. <laughs> now, otherwise, it sounds screwed up. Yeah, it's un- unlistenable match. Yeah. It's no longer a match pair. To be clear, I subsequently rewired my speakers at the time, and I barely noticed the difference. Right. Yeah, we all listened it, to it. it just, remember that? When yeah, you, yeah, I couldn't yeah. notice it. Couldn't it didn't have the same effect. When like, you rewired one, and I had the pair setting there. It sounded very similar. Yeah, and there's probably all kinds of reasons why. Yeah. I mean, you know, which we're, this isn't part of this video, you know. So it's there's all kinds of reasons why that can or can't happen. But that but also explains way. that also explains the confusion when it comes to cables. You could see the issues, right? You know? Yeah, right. Some people don't hear it, some do, and it could be the gear, it could be you, it could be both, it could be all kinds of reasons. So anyway, it's, that's not a part of it. It's this like video. that with headphones, though, too. Yeah, Same true. thing. That's the, true. The discovery element, it kind of, once you actually observe the difference, for yourself uh it, hopefully if you're this type of person it'll kind of uh intrigue you into looking further into it it'll it'll make you want to explore what the differences can be um maybe i should do something with my own setup maybe i should try a different headphone or a different amplifier or a different DAC. and it kind of makes you want to get into it and it turns you into almost a different person over mm-hmm. time than where you started because you started out thinking whatever i'll just get this cheap thing what's the difference i'll plug it into my phone or something it's fine good enough right it's pretty good and at the time, you thought it was. But something inevitably kind of kicks it off and starts you on that path, and you come to realize, actually, there's a purpose. There's a place for these things. Uh, maybe I could have just went right towards that thing that I thought was crazy expensive, and I would have got more value out of it because we see this all the time. People this is also buy. kind of a phase where people start, like, when they're discovering those things, they start learning the language and the terminology and all that stuff. Because now they, you know, they're hearing something, they need to be able to find out how to communicate it, and they kind of want to understand what other people are saying. Okay, what, what's, you know, this timbre, what's imaging? What, what do you mean when you say something sounds warm or fast or slow or muddy or whatever? I guess that is a fair point, because that, once you get a little bit of experience, I think it does help allow you to really better understand what other people are talking about. And once you actually hear it, once you live through these things, you actually understand these terms and you experience them firsthand, it probably helps you to actually discover what they're talking about better. And maybe you, it'll help kind of steer you in the right direction. If you, if you take it that far, that's probably the hardest part, too, because understanding the verbiage takes time. It's not like you just you know, whip out a book on you know, audio terminology and bam, you're an expert. You're, because the problem is, is each of these words, like, like bright or dark or soft or buttery or whatever, are subjective in nature, right? So you're like you're you're reading this and you're hearing it, but you're not you don't know how to fit it into what you're you yourself are listening to or hearing. So that takes time, you know. It's just so a lot of people don't. What I'm saying is because it takes time, a lot of people never get there. 
They, that's yeah. it. They're done because they never get to the verbiage. They never read it. They're, they don't. They don't understand what their other people are talking about, and it takes time. So it's that. It, that is. It could be a cutoff point. Other people don't care what other people are talking about. They just keep buying shit. To them. <laughs> just whatever pleases them. You know what I mean? So it, it could go either way. But well, I guess it's about that initial spark. You know, and since like with my speakers in particular, seeing that difference. You know. Yeah. And and knowing that, could be. that it has the potential to be better, yeah. you want because then I proceeded. Then after that, I rebuilt the crossover, changed the caps and everything. And if I want because I want, I knew it probably could be made better. And then where where Eric would probably he would never, have ended he, it. yeah, he never did anything else with those speakers. Yeah. And that well, and that's it. kind of thing. That's something else to consider too, especially when you're newer at this. Is that you know if something didn't work out for you one time, don't assume that it doesn't work. It doesn't do anything or doesn't work. Um, there's all kinds of reasons why things might not make a change for you. You know, some of them are your own personal experience levels. Some are the gear. But well, you know, what, I, what I always used to tell people is, you know, and this goes for things that do did make a change too. Is always second guess your system. It doesn't. You know, like I know line conditioners were kind of like that within in two channel. People put these line conditioners in, and it solved some sort of underlying issue they had in their system at the time, and they noticed it. And then over years, the system evolves, better speakers, better whatever. Your system evolves, right? And you always think, oh, that line conditioner solved the problem. That problem, uh, you always plug into it. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize that, A, maybe you don't need it anymore because you got rid of the problem you were solving. Or B, maybe you need a better one or a different kind because now you have a different set of subset of issues. So, and this goes for everything. So the, the, the best advice is to always second guess the system. You know, never assume that if something did or didn't work in the past, that it's the same constant thing two, three years down the line. Or you make a massive error and you don't realize it. Yeah. Like one time I uh, had uh, a speaker uh, uh, cable backwards. So it was uh, out of phase from the other one. I'm like, what is wrong with this? And like, I, check, I checked it, but apparently not well enough. Yeah. And yep, one was out of phase and I was like, yep, stupid. We used, to, we used <laughs> to have that like every third trade show, I think. Yep. It was common at trade Yeah, shows. someone would go, uh, and I'm going to. It's like, what's wrong? You, you can't figure it out. six guys setting up yeah. the system and one guy did one side or something. One guy did the other. You don't even know what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And then now that I've heard it so many times, it's really easy to pick yeah. out all that stuff. Yeah, the first yeah. couple of minutes, like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, you could just walk in. You could be a room away and tell the subs yeah. out of phase. Yeah. But if you haven't experienced it, you'd be like, ah, what, something's wrong with this, but I can't figure out why. Well, you're, yeah, you're never looking for the simple thing. That's the thing. Your first thing not. isn't like, oh, it's, is it plugged here. in? That's why they ask that every time, because that's yeah. usually the problem. Did yeah. you plug it in? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, your computer's yeah. not turning you on. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it's not plugged in. Right. That actually happens, though. Yeah. Shockingly enough. I mean, eventually, you kind of hit this point where you've built up a collection, you've tried a bunch of things, and you realize, well, like you said, you know, I could have gotten one or two nice things instead of spending money on all these things. Um, and you see a lot of people sell out their stuff and they get something really high end and then they settle out and they're good. And they keep something for a long time. There's eventually this point where people rest on and some people, you know, they stay happy with just a collection of things in the mid range. Um, but it does seem like eventually people kind of find a spot. They level out. They're comfortable with the terminology. They know what they're talking about. They know, you know, the gear they have and all that. Um, and it's just kind of this, uh, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but like this, this audio nirvana kind of point that you reach, you know what I mean? Oh, I do. Yeah. yeah I, true. I remember first hearing all these people talking about their audio terminologies, trying to describe their systems, what they liked, what they didn't like, what things sounded like. And initially it just sounded like they were making it all up, right? How could, I don't understand what these people are talking about. It doesn't make any sense. It seems implausible that what these people were saying is true. And I didn't hear it. Um, 
it took a long time, but slowly you start to notice more and more. You hear this, you hear that. And I, at least for me, it was a slow change, but it kind of hit the point where I understood enough that the terminology started to make sense. I started to hear the, what they were saying, what they were describing for myself. And I think that really compounds how much you learn. Once you kind of vaguely understand it, you kind of hit the point where everything starts to make sense. Well, see, and that's the thing. Like this whole thing is an education process. Mm. You got to, you, you know, if you're if you're in, if you get into it, or you, if you want to get into it, or whatever, expect it to take time. And you know, we've all been through that. And it's in the end, it's the, probably the greatest experience you'll have in your life because it's one of the few things you'll enjoy long term. You know what I mean? You don't. You really never see any people going. I'm never listening to music <laughs> yeah, again. Really, it doesn't go right. the other way. You no. know, if people stop things in life, it's not probably not listening to music. Probably so it, it's kind of fulfill. It's it's a, it's a very cool, fulfilling uh, hobby to be in. So you know, just don't don't get frustrated with any kind of setbacks. Is the b- best way to look at this. Well, I kind of took a different approach. I've had like the same stuff for 20 years, just yeah. tweaking it the whole time. For the two channel. Yeah. yeah. So kind of hit a point now where it's like. Kind of me too. I, I've seen everything, like all the other, the the improvements and all the electronics and everything. And now it's like, seems like it's about time to actually get something different. Yeah. Right. And I, and I know what I would want to get. Yeah. Now, you're you due know? for new speakers yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I so, hear you. Yeah. I remember when the, the guy on engineering explained on YouTube uh, started reviewing cars. Because that really wasn't where he was before. He was doing like whiteboard discussions on engineering concepts, principles, and whatnot. And he ended up more or less totally changing his viewpoint on cars and what he valued. And he sold his cars and got a different one. Because um, at the time, uh, what he thought he liked, it ended up being based on his limited information. Uh, and you see that a lot in high end too, right? People go around, they rave about this thing. Six months goes by. They rave about another thing. This is the best thing ever. All right? And it looks foolish from an outside perspective. You think everything you ever look well, at is the best ever. from a highly experienced outside perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but You're like, oh, I'll just give it time. Watch. Right. It'll change They're it. just so enthusiastic yeah. about it. Yeah. And it kind of it makes it look like they're just making this stuff up, but oftentimes they're not. They're just not taking into the context the full depth of their experiences well, and it, relaying it back and, really. in, and in their current level of experience it is the greatest thing they've ever heard right. because they haven't heard anything right. greater you know but experience matters so it, much yeah. in this industry it gets it's very to hard to where, do it otherwise right right but but then again you know it's not necessarily something that you want to you wish you really want to wish for to be highly experienced because mm. all of a sudden it's tough to find anything that wows you anymore right. that is a problem you know you're at a point where it's like I don't know what the hell anyone could make that's going to beat this, you know. And it gets it gets more difficult well, you, at the top. You do hear people saying that, you yeah, know, in, in the high end. It like, just gets so close to as close as you can get to real that it's like, well, you know. And, and I mean, it's still happening. I mean, I'm still seeing it, you know. And we got things upcoming that we see that, you know, that uh, not from us but anybody. Uh, the electronics are still improving, so there's a lot of room. There's still room. But but the point is, is it gets difficult at the top. It, you know, as they say, the the air is thin. Yeah, you're splitting the hairs. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, but so it it is it is cool though when somebody something does come up, a new piece of a DAC or something that goes, and you go, wow, this is this is this is ticking all the boxes. You know, a lot of times there's always somewhere there's a compromise, and when you hear something that minimizes that, it's always cool. That's basically what we are at the top. We're we're looking for those last few things that we know we want well, suddenly yeah. show up up jaded, here. you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so on that note, everyone, if you're just getting started, take your time. Enjoy it. 
and understand each piece one at a time and just step through the process and see where it takes you, you know, and uh, go from there. Thanks, everybody. Take care.